Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. Joining me today, once again, as has been the case for the past few episodes, the stalwart, the steady, the monstrous Alex Duehi. Keep talking me up. People are going to be disappointed. I don't think people will be disappointed. I mean, they may just be a little, you know, underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. <laughs> good. You're good with the adjectives. There you go. Alex, how's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? It's going all right. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll air this now because, you know, it's... It could come up. I could yell in pain at some point in this uh, episode because I am in pain. Um... <laughs> Sunday morning, I went to, to, I took the dogs outside, and then I decided to go down to the basement to get them dog food, because I need dog food, and I was putting the same shoes on that I took them outside with, there's snow on the ground outside, this is important, and I, I, I put my foot down on the first step, there was enough snow, or ice, or slush, or something on the bottom of that shoe, to just Say no, we're not gonna we're not gonna step here. We're just gonna keep going. We like to slide. So went ahead and slid on that first step of probably about ten or twelve steps to go down to the basement. And they're all concrete steps. This isn't like wood steps. There's no give. It's boom, 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 concrete. Like in Home Alone. So yeah, <laughs> in Home Alone. So with this uh, particular experience, I slipped, fell down. Landed on like you know the edge of one of those concrete steps on like my side and just hurt and tumbled down a bit and I got whiplash now because of it and in my neck at least I didn't hit my head so that's, that's good that if I hit my head I could have forgotten all of the episodes and I would have had to go back and listen to them all to catch Might back not up. Might be a bad thing. Right? <laughs> some things, some th- some shows I wish I could forget just so I could watch and experience it again. I could experience Star Wars again. You could. <laughs> Who knows? I'm not going to try this, but just in case it ever happens, you remind know, we'll me. Keep it in mind. Yeah, we go. Say hey. I'll do keep you remember it in Star mind. Wars? And if I say no, he'll be like, "We're all into Star Wars." Awesome. <laughs> so, um, I I survived the fall. I've got the bruises and scars to, to, to show, but I've been wearing long sleeve shirts and everything to hide them, as is the case in the winter, so it's not out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was Sunday. Then Tuesday came along, and I went to go ahead and take the trash outside, and you know, it's still, it's cold out, and it was in the morning, I think some, some, it would, there had melted a little bit, and there's been some freezing over, and I didn't realize it, didn't think about it, and I was eating my granola bar and taking the trash outside, and then I just all of a sudden slipped again, <laughs> fell down, this time on the right side, caught myself with my, my wrist, which is, has been hurting, and my shoulder has been killing me mm. on my right side, too. So I evened myself out. I hurt on both sides, at least, but I've just been... Ugh. Rough week. Falling left and right, Jeez. just... I. <sighs> I need a it's break. like you were knocking down buildings, you know? Knocking down buildings. I was trying to do my best Godzilla impersonation. It didn't didn't work for me. Well, you got the <laughs> other end of it, right? You know how everybody else feels when Godzilla rolls through town. Exactly. Um, so, I, I came to the realization, Alex, that I am not as young as I used to be. I am... Getting close to 30, and I feel like I'm getting close to 60. 
And I just well, anybody would be in pain if they slipped and had a fall like that. It's not. I like feel like I'm falling bone. apart. No. You, I mean, add to the fact that I can't, still can't talk without coughing very much yet. Yeah. Getting better, but it's just it's one been of those lingering for a lot of people this yeah. winter. But that's that's been my week so far, and oh. I'm I haven't had a chance. It's been so busy, and just I haven't had a chance to really be entertained by anything other than Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, I only got a chance to watch an hour of the first hour of Godzilla, so Alex is going to carry us the second hour. Well, but... that's good, because we were just talking, and I actually fell asleep during the first part of it, but uh-huh. then I woke up, and I was very focused on the end. So right. I got the second half. Well, that's what we need, because I need I need someone to know what's going on. Good deal. I saw the movie before. By the way, I ladies and gentlemen, theaters as well. Yeah, we'll be talking about Godzilla today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know I forgot to announce it last week, but yeah, we're gonna be talking about Godzilla and then Pacific Rim next week. Kind of do a little bit of monster features. Man, like when we go back and listen to this podcast again, they're gonna be wondering like what we were talking about before we announced that Godzilla was. There. You know, I was like, oh yeah, you're knocking down buildings like Godzilla. People are gonna be like, what in the world is he talking about? Well, right. That that was why. Exactly. That was the joke. So, Alex, how about you? Uh, hopefully you've had less falls. I did have less falls. Um, it's been a busy week for me as well. Molly's out of town. She's in Florida visiting with her family. So I am manning the fort here solo, which is nice because I've had some time to uh, sit down and enjoy some shows that, um, you know, we don't really watch together sometime. She's not interested. So a lot of the times, you know, watch something that we can both enjoy. So I've had time to catch up on some of the, uh, the other shows that I've been watching. Um, I also got a new TV for the bedroom. I got a Roku TV. Roku makes a TV? Roku integrates their operating system with specific brands of TV. And it's actually really, really cool. I, I'm i wanting... It, it's a 40-inch screen that I got for the bedroom, but I'm wanting uh, a larger one now to put in the living room as well. It just integrates just real well, very simple to use, very easy. The picture looks great. Um, so check them out, Roku TVs. If you like Roku operating system, the Roku operating system is okay. I I don't have a Roku personally, but I bought my parents one a while back, and yeah, it seems to be fine. It seems mm-hmm. to work okay. And it integrates with all the other inputs on the TV too. So like you have the apps for the Roku that you can select. You can select the other inputs for the TVs right there. Did you move one of your Xboxes in there? Not yet. <laughs> it's coming. Coming soon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just watching some shows. Uh, I feel like I've watched a movie every single night, but I can't even tell you what I watched. You know? Like, Sometimes you ever have like that? that. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I put something on, I enjoy it. Oh, I got a free copy of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation with the purchase of my TV. Free digital copy on Vudu. It's a good movie. So I watched that uh, the other night. That's one of the best. Still holds films. up. Yeah, it's still it's awesome. I mean, it's the newest one, so it's going to hold up yeah. in terms of time. But, yeah. So... I know, I think at the last episode we talked about Zoolander 2, and we were kind of curious about how right. the, the movie would perform, because the night we saw it, it wasn't looking too good, but it didn't perform terribly. I don't know exactly what they were expecting. I think it made about like $15 million or something in the, the weekend. I think it finished third or fourth. Yeah, it picked up a little bit on the weekend, which uh, is what I would hopefully come to expect, right? You don't want to see a movie fail that miserably, especially a movie that is 
star studded i would say is the <laughs> i mean word. there's a ton of cameos like if you watch the credits like himself himself herself himself herself you know like billy zane obviously but how many how many movies nowadays come out with like especially comedies come out with three high profile comedy actors right ben mm-hmm. owen and will i mean well kristen wig too and kristen wig i mean yeah exactly but um yeah, so it was number four this number weekend. Four. Yeah, they still and haven't quite made back the budget that they spent on it. Yeah, I mean, but the thing with comedies, at least, is that there's not a ton of budget that you need to spend on it. it they're usually generally cheaper to make than an action movie. Like the number one movie was Deadpool, and it broke pretty much every record that it could for an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it made a hundred and thirty-two million. And you were wondering who's going to go see Deadpool this weekend. Well, I'm starting to see more that, you know, people are only interested in going to the theater to see these types of movies. Monster movies, action movies, that's, superhero movies like specifically. Like I said, that's, that's what I usually generally only go see. And we're wondering why, you know, they've been coming out with all these reboots and, you know, remakes of franchises. Because you have to get people to the theater one way. And people are flocking to the theater on reboots of franchises that have recognizable names. And that are, you know, action. Monster movies like Godzilla. Like all the superhero movies. Godzilla that was good, though. Godzilla was very good. Um, but, I mean, judging from... Fantastic Four reboot didn't work so well. Well, something, you know, you're not going to hit every, You're not going to hit them out of the park every single time. <laughs> but, I, you know what? Fantastic Four, I guarantee you that if we look at the numbers, they're going to blow Zoolander 2 out of the water. And oh, that was an probably. awful movie. Fantastic I, Four. Yeah, I, I guarantee... That they did blow it out of the water just because it's Fantastic Four. It's a Marvel movie. It's a it's a comic book movie, so it has to have performed better. I I just I wish there was a way that we could generate some more interest in some of these other movies. But I mean, I guess people aren't willing to to pay the money, you know, for some of these movies like Zoolander. Maybe they feel like they don't get their money's worth mm-hmm. uh, unless they see some explosions or some really good CG or. Uh, you know, something like that. But I mean, I'm looking at the box office numbers now for Fantastic Four, and they made 168 million. Zoolander's not even gonna touch that. 160. Oh, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Zoolander's not even gonna touch that. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's I don't know. It, it boggles my mind what what people actually want to go see, what they want. You know, looking at. Fantastic Four it did have a better opening weekend than Zoolander, twenty five million domestically. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me. It's one of those things that it's exactly like you say. Even though it was a horrible reboot, bad word of mouth, maybe people were curious to see how bad this movie actually was that opening weekend. Yeah, after the it. opening weekend, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you know, a movie like Zoolander two, comedies are tough. Like the original Zoolander didn't perform well in the theater. Right. But I guarantee, like Zoolander, Zoolander 2 will live and thrive in the home box office. Okay, now let me ask you something. Are you on the box office website right now? Mm-hmm. You're looking up? If you look up the records for, like, do they have, like, a, a general page where they just list all the top movies, all the records? Like the records? The oh, records yeah. page where it shows just all the top records and what movie set that mark. Yeah. Is there one comedy or romance or drama movie on there? Are they all action movies, superhero movies, or franchise films? So it depends on which which one you want to look at. If you look at like the one that's adjusted for inflation, Gone with the Wind is number one. That's okay. a drama. 
That's true. But that's an entirely that's, different that's time a different here, era, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. What about? I mean, so and that's kind of now, the point that we're making, right? Right. So if, if we look currently, right, the top ten movies on the domestic chart. Okay. Star Wars: The Force Awakens, number one, given nine hundred and sixteen million. Right. Domestic. This is domestic. Right. And it's going to probably be a Avatar drop off. Yep. Avatar number two, uh, seven hundred and sixty million. Okay. Let me go to Titanic. Uh, it drops down. See, I would say Titanic is a drama. That's a drama. Okay. But it does. It was a spectacle. And that's almost twenty years ago now. Think about that. That was ninety-eight or ninety-eight, ninety-seven, okay. ninety-seven. Yeah. So we're all, almost yeah. Twenty years now. I bet you they're going to re-release that in next year for. Uh, I mean, an anniversary <laughs> release. But then it would fall into the category of things that are being remakes that we're mm-hmm. you're, that we're talking about making our point. I'm talking about a brand new story that's a drama or a romance. They're not generating interest. So it looks like the the comedy, and you could classify it as a comedy. The first comedy that shows up on this list is Shrek Two. Did you classify that as a comedy though? But it is. It's a children's movie. But it's also a comedy, but it's also animated, so it has higher production anyway. I know that's not what you're getting at, but that's rough. Let's let's. I'm I'm focusing on. Despicable Me too, but that's again another, another computer generated movie. Yeah, be... American Sniper, that was 33 on the list. That's a newer, yeah, drama. Still kind of action. Though. I haven't I haven't seen it, so I. I heard it was good, uh, I, and I read the book, but Forrest Gump. Again, though, that's you know that's pushing twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's number forty. So in this in the top fifty list, yeah, I mean it's 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 all it's, it's all you know Indiana Jones, it's it's Star Wars, it's the Marvel movies, it's Harry Potter, yep. it's Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, yep. Car- Caribbean, Caribbean, Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Furious Seven is on here, obviously. So it's. Those are the movies that people are wanting to see in the theaters. Those action movies, the movies with high production value. It's not the movies that are necessarily movies that move you. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. films that have a call to action. The films that make you want to laugh. The films that make you want to cry. Whatever it is. Let's be fair. Everybody wants to go to see a character that they like. Or a bunch of explosions, or really good CG, or put it all together and get Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and that's I number mean, one. I would really <laughs> just go see the one movie, and you're good, <laughs> over and over again. But you know, I, I don't know. I would. It, do you see an issue with that? Is there an issue with that? Not no. And the reason why is, look at the trend of box office. Right in the last, we'll say five to seven years. The trend has been 3D. Mm-hmm. Really, Avatar was the first one that punched that out well, and that was 2009. So ever since then, the trend has been everything has to have 3D, everything has to do this. And what would you gain by using 3D on a movie like Zoolander 2? What would you gain by using 3D on a movie like American Sniper? What would you gain by using 3D on a movie that's about trees? I mean, come on. I don't know what movie about that, trees, but I'm just saying. Comedies, dramas, they don't gain anything. Only ones that do are the computer-generated, like the mm-hmm. the Minions or things like that, or the, the high action, the the comic book movies. Those are what get that. And so the the 
the theater owners and the associations understand that. And so that's what everything is geared toward. That's why there are countless movies planned for the Marvel and DC universes. Because yeah. that's what people are going to go see. It's it's evident by Daredevil. Or Daredevil. Again, I said it. It's evident by Deadpool. Right? People going out and seeing this R-rated movie. If it wasn't R-rated, it probably would have done double the numbers. Maybe not double, but close. Yeah. That it did. Yeah, I just think it, the the movie theater business has gotten so small in, because of all the streaming stuff that's come out. Well, last. Netflix is excelling in the drama, right? It's, it's killing. <clears throat> Netflix is just the content that they put on there is just unreal. And you can do a better drama story, <clears throat> like House of Cards. Yep. As a as a as a series that can really develop the characters, because that's what it's all about. Yep. Is getting to know those characters and wanting to understand their story and go along. Right. And movie theaters are moving towards the whereas you know back in that time period it was about the the drama part of it the cinema you know the cinematic experience where it's it's like gone with the wind mm-hmm. that type of stuff was like big hit in the theater back then. Well, even Star Wars. I mean, but well, that was yeah. kind of a whole new, it's own new thing. And that's probably what spurned on Jaws. some of this, yeah, some of this category for these action movies. Now it's just about the wow factor that you get when you go to the theater for, you know, they're really split up into, I would say, two categories. It's your action superhero movies and then your animated films. That people want to go see. With their kids. Mm-hmm. Disney, Pixar, you know, things like that. Those are your two... Main, the mainstream. Those are your mainstream groups in theaters. You'll occasionally get some off, you know, ones like Zoolander that won't, you know, $26 million total worldwide, whatever. But, you know, I think that's to be expected by the filmmakers that made the movie. They set out, they understand that that's, this is, this is going to be a movie that lives on in the Blu-ray sales, DVD sales, on the Netflix deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hoping they spent $50 million on production and mm-hmm. gotten only half of it back. So yeah. <laughs> they got to hope that it's... I, they'll, I'm sure they'll make their money back before yeah. before it leaves the theater. I'm sure they'll break even, but <coughs> that doesn't take into account the advertising cost either. That's true. And it, it's just kind of interesting to see <coughs> where the movie theater industry has started and where it is now in terms of all the other content that's being readily available. I mean, where does it go from here? I mean, you have to have something big like the Avengers or something like that that people really want to get out and see. And what happens when that gets old? Right. I mean, there's going to be fatigue on these types of huge movies, these bombastic, amazing, they are amazing movies, right? There's going to be fatigue. People aren't going to be impressed anymore. They're just going to wait. But, you know... It's going to die. Yeah. I mean, the in the next 20 years, we're going to see a shift, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to see these Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Studios that produce their own content being recognized with Oscars with they're they're already getting Emmys, Golden Globes. Yep. They're gonna be getting Oscars. They're gonna be getting a lot of this recognition. Big actors are gonna go work for these these movies and the theater is gonna be left for big explosion stuff that's not really carried by any leading actors anymore. It's carried by CG. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of the big time actors want to use their Talent. Kevin Spacey's the perfect example. That's what I'm saying. Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. And it's a more consistent job. You probably generate more money by working on a show like that. Um, you can really expand your character to be a dramatic role, which is probably more suited for some of these big-time stars, right? And you get consistent income out of it, and you get 
honestly, more viewers than you would a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd rather have... The reach of Netflix know, is a lot It's ridiculous. bigger than the reach of any movie in the theater. And that's why I think we're going to start seeing a shift to the point where people are going to get tired of these action superhero and animated movies. Maybe not animated movies. It's a you know timeout with the kids, something. But I think it's going to get to the point that people are going to start stop going to the theater because they're going to be bored with all this. And it's going to get to such a low that we're going to see the movie theater industry start to die. Well, that's why you see some of these theaters trying to change things up, as it were. You got like Alamo Drafthouse, right, mm-hmm. which has food and beer and relaxing seating and things like that. They make it more of an experience. Right. It has to be. The theaters around here, yeah. I mean, we got, let's face it, we got junk theaters around here. Yeah. We got okay seats. They don't recline. They don't serve us food. Only one theater has beer at in here, and it's not even really a theater. It's a museum. Mm-hmm. So it's they got to change the experience that people want to come out and have. So you've got those Alamo Drafthouse types. You've got, like, the 4D experiences that, like, rumble your chairs and things like that to make it more immersive. And if you don't have that immersion, what's the point? Why wouldn't you just watch it at home? Well, uh, quite honestly, the only reason I go to the theater is so I can see the movie at the time that I want to see it. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with me wanting to go to the theater. I don't right. enjoy paying $10 to watch a movie one time. Five bucks for $30 a drink. for drinks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't enjoy that. I the experience, I mean, the, the you know, being in the theater is cool. Like to see it on the big screen, but mm-hmm. it's not enough for, to want me to go. I, I would, you know, if they made it available, I had an idea one time where they should have a certain amount of licenses that can be acquired by the public the day that a movie comes out. You pay like 30 bucks for a license for a movie. The day that it comes out, you can watch it one time that day at a certain time. They just stream it to whoever has that license, and you can have a home theater experience. Because, quite honestly, I, I don't see the point in going to the theater. I, I only see it because that's... I mean, obviously, I'm going to see Star Wars, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to see Star Wars. I'm not going to wait until April when it comes out in December to see the movie. That's the only reason I go to the theater. So Star Wars is a great example because that is the prime example of Theaters a communal. exist because of movies right. like Star Wars. It's a communal experience. Yep. You're, you're in a theater with random people. You don't even know most of them, I'm sure. And you're all there for the same reason to see Star Wars on opening night or whatever it is. Yep. People are dressed up. It's just a great experience, a great time, and everybody's cheering. You know, they're they're everybody's experiencing the same emotions you are. Yep. That is the reason why theaters can still exist and thrive. And the the movies like that though are going to be starting to go down. Star Wars is really the only one that, in my opinion, for me personally, can garner that kind of response. Yeah, but again, it's a reboot. You know what I mean? No, it's, 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 it's a, a continuation. It's a continuation of a franchise <laughs> that already has that nostalgia, that existence, right. that recognition, right? We, we Marvel's getting there. If we want to continue, yeah, but Marvel is still a you know, recognition of characters that already exist and have been around True. for a while. We need, if we want to see the movie theater industry continue to grow, we need to be able to occasionally create a new franchise that people will flock to and have that same interest in and we haven't seen that for years well that's what they're trying to do by adapting a lot of these young adult 
the novels and the movies, like the Hunger Games. Yeah, the closest I could see is stuff. Harry Potter. Harry that's Potter, generated yeah. that level of interest. It started as some books back in, like, what, late 90s, early 2000s. I remember reading the books when I was in school. And then they generated really good sales at the, uh, the box office for movie theaters. Things like that. We need to be able to take things like that and recreate them to garner interest. And the other thing, too, so... <clears throat> rather those, than recycle. Yeah. Those are young... Those are adult... Or no, those are adaptions of, of books, right? Right. When you have a movie like Star Wars, which is not easily translated into a book. Like, we've read the novelization. Right. <clears throat> but it is a visual experience. Oh, of course. Of course. So that could be another contributing factor. Like, you could say, oh, you know, a lightsaber snapped on and he started to fight. Reading it is one thing. You know, imagining it in your mind, yeah, but seeing it represented on the yeah. screen is another thing. Well, and that's why I think Harry Potter generated so much, much interest because when you read the book, it doesn't do it as much it doesn't have as much impact as when you see it in person right the books are great but i don't know i just think we need to have the ability to create some new franchises or this movie theater industry is going to die in the next 20 years we'll be talking about you know the new movie coming out are you going to stream it at your house this week or you know what's mm-hmm. what's going on if there's events like star wars not every event can be star wars but if something can come even remotely close to the type of excitement that star wars generated on their release three to four times a year events like that that's what's going to keep the movie industry alive just on that one night because i'll tell you right now i spent like two hundred dollars that night just on food and uh tickets and everything like that and i didn't even care it was star wars i didn't even care and if i if they can get somebody like me who's very stingy to do that three to four times a year for events like that They'll make their money's worth for everybody else. Star Wars makes it rain. I made it. I walked in there. I had money dropping out of my Jedi robe. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough conjecturing about the the film industry. That was that was a fun little topic. Yeah. But it's in, it's interesting to see where things will head. But speaking of where things are heading, let's get into our entertaining thoughts for this week. The 2014 Gareth Edwards directed reboot. Here we go. <laughs> so, this is a movie that the last time we saw Godzilla was in the 90s with Broderick, right? Yeah, it was late. It had to be late 90s or right around that 2000 mark. That's the last time Hollywood tried uh, in, to make a big Godzilla movie. And apparently, this one was in production or talks about since 2004. So, I mean, you know, only a couple years after that movie came out is when they really started focusing on a reboot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, with this movie, uh, I'm going to just focus on a few of the things that I've noticed in my my one hour of being able to watch this movie because, again, Mm -hmm. I was just too busy to be able to watch the whole thing and it kills me, but that's i got to be faithful. So, let me... got to be true. So, you watched the first hour, right? Yes. So, you watched all the way up until Godzilla started to attack... And then as he's running rampant, that's when he fell asleep? <laughs> that's when I had to stop watching, yes. So I got all the way up to the part where he's at Honolulu. And okay. actually, he's swimming away. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And this isn't an indication of my thought on that film, but it's this is a ridiculous scene when he's swimming away east, 
And the ships are just right there with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? That doesn't no. seem like a good idea. And they're like, there is just a ship's width away. Yeah. Dude's a beast in the ocean. He's not tamed. He's not going by any discernible pattern that you really understand. He's just following this other guy. And something that massive, I mean, let's the, the spikes on his back were sticking out of the water, right? Mm-hmm. So he's close to the surface. He's creating a stream that they couldn't be able to follow. His, his Helicopter. His you can't see that from a helicopter. That's so much more safe than being right next to him in a boat. He, if he, if he sneezes or something, it's a tidal wave. Like, and you're gone. I just, yeah. That's I mean, he's though. more up to yawn. He's been sleeping for a long time. He could yawn and create a big rift. <laughs> but okay, that that is not indicative of my thoughts in this movie. So, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit because Brian Cranston was heavily advertised in this movie. This was just after or right as Breaking Bad was wrapping up, finishing. He had a lot of notoriety. His his career rebooted or was refreshed by, by his Breaking Bad experience. By his drama his acting drama on TV. in a long-existing series. Yes. That was streamable on Netflix? Yes. Okay. And so his... Notoriety was high, and that's yes. something that when we saw that he was in this movie, he's like, "Oh, that's cool. I like him in this movie. I want to go see this movie." I'll be honest with you, I wanted to see this movie a lot more because, because Brian Cranston was in it. Same here, like yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, I'd go. Brian Cranston, I like him. Let's go yeah. check it out. He's in this movie for what? Maybe twenty minutes before he dies. Dead. Yep. His wife didn't last as long. <laughs> yeah, but it's like at that point. You got me to the theater. <laughs> you got me to sit down. Now I got to see as how soon, it ends. As soon as he died, you should have been like, I want my money back. Yeah. Ridiculous. Brian Cranston died. To give me a refund. So, and the other thing that stands out to me about this movie, which is weird, and this is meta. This is just taking what I know of another movie and putting it here, <laughs> is that the actors that play uh, Brian Cranston's son and his wife in this movie, uh, I can't remember their names, but Elizabeth Olsen's the woman's name. Aaron Taylor Johnson for there you a guy. Go. You know what else they're in? You told me, but I forgot. Tell me again. And they're supposed to be playing like siblings, right? They're in Avengers, Age of Ultron. Oh, that's right. He's Quicksilver, yep. and she's Scarlet Witch, and they're brother and sister. Yep. It's just so weird in this movie to watch them be like husband and wife, and I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, they their chemistry obviously works together, but it's so weird to see them in one movie as one way and then another movie as brother and sister. Just You can tell someone saw them in that movie and said, that's the look I'm going for as a couple. Incest? No. like that, <laughs> <laughs> That's the look I'm going for in terms of how he looks, how she looks, and how they look together. That's the type of couple that I want to portray the characters in, in my in my movie. And, I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, you would think that they would consider the fact that they were recently in a movie as brother and sister before you cast them as husband and wife. Oh, this came out in 2014, though. This came out right before Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron came out in 2015. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, a year before. Yeah, so I'm saying as... as they, a, they had to have already been cast. The, yeah, so on the inverse... Because Winter Soldier was 2014, and they were in the end of Winter Soldier. Yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is on the Age of Ultron's side of things, you have to consider that they were just in a... I would say Godzilla did well at the box office, right? They did mm-hmm. half a billion. That's a pretty successful film, right? 
So a lot of people saw that, right, based on the numbers. I wonder if they considered the fact that they were in a movie like that as husband and wife before I they doubt. cast them. You don't think it was any consideration? consideration? It's just interesting, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, about let's get to the main focal point of the movie. Ken Watanabe. <laughs> I'm sorry. When he, tur- when he turns around, he takes his glasses. Godzilla. Yeah, he's like, we call him Godzilla. All right. His, his acting was a bit over the top. From from the hour that I saw, he was very moody in his acting. Like, just, and I love Ken Watanabe. I love him in, like, Inception, in any movie that I see him in. I love him. He's great. Yeah. In this movie, I think he's just pissed off no i think he was given the stereotypical godzilla chinese japanese man role exactly yeah that is definitely what they were going for toho's godzilla straight up they wanted to recreate that in an updated format Mm -hmm. and in that respect they succeeded okay now we can talk about the focal of this movie i was just gonna ask what did you think of godzilla his appearance the way he was introduced? I think it was cool. Like, okay. I enjoyed his, how he was introduced. Obviously, this movie relies a lot on CG, right? And this movie will live or die on CG. And as such, it's a lot of, it's taking place at night a lot. Mm-hmm. So the way he's revealed, it's just like you see big pieces of his limbs, right? You see his legs and things like that. You see a helicopter shining a light on him. Or the flares. The flares are really cool. That was yeah. a cool mechanic. Mm-hmm. It reminds you of Jurassic Park. A lot. Right? Of, so the, the opening scene of this movie, with them flying around the Philippines, yeah, that reminded me a lot of, of yeah, Jurassic Park 2. For sure. But there, it was a cool reveal of Godzilla. Now, of the other monster the at the Muto. beginning, yeah, the other Muto, I just, it was okay. Like, they oh, you have the other one there, and they killed it, quote-unquote. But they really just woke up the baby inside of it or whatever the the in the inside no what do they call it the the parasite inside of it Mm -hmm. and then it comes out and runs away right yeah i wasn't expecting now when i saw this movie the first time in theaters Mm -hmm. i i really didn't know what to expect i expected godzilla and brian cranston i got like five minutes of brian cranston and then i got these other two monsters that appeared out of nowhere i didn't know that they were going to be in this movie and i enjoyed them i did as well I thought they were they were well done. Yeah, because it's an interesting take on the fact that while Godzilla is the king of the monsters and you know, he he terrorizes cities. You could say he's a monster. Monster. Oh gosh. <laughs> Space Jam. Space Jam. Um while he is king of the monsters and all and he can terrorize cities, he was portrayed as the protagonist. They were following him like side by side with aircraft carriers. What are they doing? He's a monster. Yeah. You don't control him. And I gotta say, it took a little bit of his scare factor away. Right. He's not menacing. And he should be. Because yeah. people should have a fear of these things because they don't understand them. And they're destroying things indiscriminately. Maybe after he's he's around and he's not really bothering the humans... and. His focus isn't to destroy or to take the synergies to take these other guys out. After they understand that, sure, maybe you can follow him at a distance. Yeah. I just, this story was better suited as a second chapter than a first chapter. Speaking of which, I do love the, the credit sequence. At the opening credits of this movie, mm-hmm. 
where they pretty much went through the whole like you know uh, old film footage stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. Well Very done. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, and I like how they tied it in that all those nu- nuclear tests they did, um, you know, back in the early fifties uh, was attempts to kill Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. I can buy it. Right. Um, this movie should have been about them something happening that sets off him to come up out of his his dormancy and like he his, should have showed up at the end of the movie well i like the build up i liked him showing up uh, you know when he did you watch about an hour they do this big build up everybody's waiting to see godzilla love it love it awesome take out the mutos just focus on the the appearance of you know the existence the introduction to godzilla and then his menacing terror of the city. Well, he doesn't really do that, though. Not in this movie, I'm saying. And then in the next chapter, you can introduce the Mutos, and then how Godzilla comes back, and you find out, a li- you get a little deeper with him, you find out that he's, you know, he's the balance that it creates. So that's not how they were trying to characterize Godzilla, though. Correct. So you want him to be the monster that attacks, gets driven off, and then it comes back to protect. I want to be afraid of Godzilla. You would be if you saw him. Well, yeah, but (laughs) as it stands in this movie, I am not afraid of Godzilla. He he didn't he didn't. I mean, he's not like the Tyrannosaurus Rex of Jurassic Park. But he should be. If he's the king of the monsters, he should be terrorizing. His size is not enough to terrorize me. You know what I mean? It would be if I if I'm a person, right? Obviously, (laughs) I'm just gonna just stand there and I'm done. But. In the movie... Wear your brown pants. Yeah, wearing my brown pants that day for sure. But it's just... I don't know. I was more afraid of the Mutos than I was of Godzilla. Right, and that's that's to be expected because they're the unknown factor. They're the ones that are feeding on this nuclear energy that are mm-hmm. creating these EMP blasts and all this other stuff. They're the ones that you... They're the villains, right? And that's clearly represented to us by they quote-unquote killed... Brian Cranston mm-hmm. and his wife. They're no more, but they're no more a villain than Godzilla. No. The only difference is... They're all monsters. Yeah, the only difference is Godzilla is not trying to procreate, mm-hmm. and that's going to spell disaster for everybody. I mean, they piss off the Muto so much, they pretty much force them to attack, right? And their size is devastating enough, but I mean, if, if you did the same thing to Godzilla... He would do that. So, I don't know. I guess I just didn't appreciate the... the. It took some of the scare factor away from Godzilla, who should have been the focal point of the movie. And at the end, they label him as, like, savior of our city. I mean, I guess it's plaque, okay with a question mark. Right? But I don't want him to be considered the savior of the city. I want him to be considered as the thing that we should never bother ever again. Right. So, they kind of classify him as a force of nature, in a way. That, you know... He's he's bringing balance to nature because these other yeah. things are there, and for him to be a force of nature means obviously there has to be more mutos. There has to be more than just these two because he wouldn't exist just for these two instances because they were parasites, right? They they could easily have infected Godzilla at some point maybe, but there has to be something else, and I would love to see like a sequel or something to Godzilla where he comes back and maybe defends or fights this thing. But he's not really defending. He just he's his his purpose is a predator 
kill the other beast. He doesn't care about humans, about the buildings, about anything else. He's just focused on, like, like a lion in a, in a jungle mm-hmm. going after his prey. It doesn't matter what, what he knocks over in the way. He's going after his prey. So you know this is the first movie in a cinematic universe, correct? A cinematic universe that I heard is not is on hold indefinitely. Yeah. I, I can't say that I was too thrilled about it to begin with. Godzilla and Kong. Godzilla King Kong. But... They had enough here that... Is this supposed to be Peter Jackson's King Kong? Like, no, tied into that one? it's a different one. No, the, I think the plan was to do Godzilla. Beauty and then to do the Beast. Yeah, and then... <laughs> and then to do a Kong movie. And then in 2020, which is very unrealistic if it's on hold, is to do a Kong-Godzilla crossover monster movie where they're maybe pitted against each other or... I mean, that would be interesting. I would But go Godzilla see it. would wreck Kong. Yeah, Kong is done. I mean, there's... Kong's not that big. He's not... He's not... No, what's he going to do against a dinosaur? I mean, Godzilla's going to step on him, and it's over. <laughs> unless, unless... Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like Batman versus Superman, King Kong versus Godzilla, and he's going to have some sort of kryptonite type thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to have to... I'm in it again. We're, we're going to see how... You the know, humans Batman are going to weaken him. Yeah. turns out. I just don't see Batman being able to compete, just like I don't see King Kong. I don't know. It's interesting. King Kong's I, a snack. And I guess, yeah, no kidding. And I guess the, the, this is a, a reboot of just Godzilla. If we're looking at it as a standalone, right? I guess it succeeded. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it too. After watching it for the second time, which this time that I watched it was the first time since I saw it in theaters, I want to watch it again. Right. So it's a good movie. And so this in the movie for a monster movie, right. I'm showing them Godzilla. And this movie, I'll isn't really focused directly on the monster per se, but also on the emotional aspect of what a monster would cause in this family. Right. Uh, obviously, very close to the source because of his father and everything, but it just kind of shows the emotional resonance of the family uh, with this monster appearance. I guess I just had a different interpretation because this is a reboot, right? And he, he uh, you know, the, the production team went to focus on Toho's original Godzilla franchise, right? And Toho means Tokyo Hollywood, for those of you who are interested. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, th- this is only the, the second one that was fully produced by Hollywood. And the 98 version or 2000, mm-hmm. whenever it came out, I thought that was not good. Um, but this one, this one kind of got back to the roots in a way, which was refreshing to see. It's a movie that I would watch again. I guess... I would have preferred to see a reinterpretation rather than a reboot. Right. And I guess I just had a different interpretation in my mind of how I would do it. Because if I think about monster movies, like my favorite monster movies are like Alien, Predator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's And when you bring a monster like Godzilla into a city, it should be terrorizing. Right. Just like when... You know, even though they're in a smaller form, on in Alien and Predator, you know, it, it's a more it's a smaller location, maybe secluded, like in space or on an island, and those monsters are terrorizing, and you're you're freaked out about them. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest, baddest monster of all. You could say, and he's, he's a big softy. You could say he's the. He's a big softy. So you could say he's the Darth Vader. Just a misunderstood monster. monster. <laughs> he struggles with the light in the dark. 
Because what he's did, exiled himself <laughs> for so long. What did what did you think of the direction of this movie? Because Gareth Edwards is doing yes. Rogue One right. that's coming out later this year. Fantastic. I loved it. And I think this kind of a tone for a Star Wars anthology film is going to be what we want to see. What what I want to see. I don't want to see a Star Wars film. I want to see a backstory in a different way, in a more realistic way. So let's let's say, I mean, writing aside, let's say you replace Godzilla with Darth Vader, and you replace the military with, like, the rebels, and you have this big old Darth Vader character that people are trying to scoot around, trying to do their mission on. He's this menacing presence the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is that the movie you want to see? Pretty much. Yes. I, I don't want to see a Star Wars movie. I don't want to see the... No, I want to see the darker side. I want to see the more realistic side, right? Because the Stormtroopers, this is supposed to be like Nazi central. You know what I mean? The Empire. It's supposed to be like Nazi central. And this is about the struggle of, you know, a, a resistance or a, a rebel alliance trying to... Well, Rogue One's going to be about them stealing the Death Star plans. I, I want it to be more realistic. Um, we're not, you know, we're talking writing aside, but the way that Godzilla was directed was great. I agree. I think there'll be subtle changes because going from a monster film to not a monster film has its, you know, differences. But this was a sci-fi film, mm-hmm. and he directed it masterfully, and I'm very excited for Rogue One because of this direction. So I think we can both say that we would recommend Godzilla. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a good movie. Yeah, and and the joke that I always make is, what color is fire? (laughs) Orange. What color fire did Godzilla breathe in the movie? Blue. Uh Uh-huh. And who else was in this movie? Walter White. So Uh he gave Godzilla some of that blue, and that's why it's blue. I think, though, chemically speaking, fire, when really, really hot, does have blue? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, just making but sure. mine's funnier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen. Coincidental. <laughs> we recommend Godzilla, the 2014 Gareth Edwards-directed movie. And if you want to get a little taste of what Rogue One might be, uh, because it is being directed by this gentleman, give it a, give it a watch yeah, if you definitely. haven't already. Just don't expect a, a ton of Brian Cranston. Alex, how can people reach out to you? I am on Twitter at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. Also, same as my Xbox Live gamer tag. And I am Sith Nightmare on Twitter. I am Spider Jedi on Xbox. And you can reach the show at EntertainingPod. You can also send us an email. That's entertaining at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be talking... Pacific Rim. We're going to be keeping it in the monsters kind of theme and going with Pacific Rim next week. An interesting movie. Um, I've only seen it once, but looking forward to watching it again. And I'll make it a point to watch this one a little earlier to make sure I can get through the whole thing in time. So, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for us this week. We thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained.